but I still get really weird. <laughs> I was t- That's I was a good really to, cut in right there. I get, really weird. I get really weird. Long pause. Hi, Steve. We got you on the line. <laughs> I can't hear you. I can't comment. Okay, I gotta go. Bye. Okay, well, thanks, Steve, for calling in. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> Testing one two three on my mic. Testing one two three on my mic. Testing one two three on my mic. I'm Todd Meisner. I'm Todd Welbert. I'm Paul Coletti. And we got the band back together, <laughs> folks. For those of you who are longtime listeners of the Talking Pictures podcast, this is the original three right here. <laughs> and we brought we uh, had enough of everybody's schedule working out that we were able to get uh, Todd and Paul back in the studio. Uh, no more podcasts of me by myself. <laughs> Uh, and uh, so anyway, so we're good. Todd came up with a really good topic while we were out drinking uh, over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with drinking, though. No. Nope. Well, no. No. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, we had uh, uh, kind of listening and watching uh, one of, I think, everybody's uh, photographic heroes um, kind of take some heat and take some flack. And we thought it might be an interesting uh, look behind the scenes of how uh, photojournalists operate, or at least how they're supposed to operate. And the, um, you know, the gentleman in, cur- in question is Steve McCurry. Steve McCurry, a pretty mm-hmm. famous photojournalist. He's covered a lot of war uh, conflict areas. He's also worked for the National Geographic for thirty some years. I think the the picture that everybody will know is the Afghan girl cover. Yep. Of. Uh, I mean, it's you know, it's considered one of the hundred best mm-hmm. still images yep. ever published, and it. I mean, it is. Um, I mean, it's iconic. Everybody yep. knows that image. Uh, they know it is a National Geographic cover. Um, her eyes just pop off the page. Um, but Mr. McCurry has <laughs> incurred a bit of uh, the wrath of photojournalists and and photographers mm-hmm. everywhere because of what. Well, the uh, it started. He had published um, a bunch of work and put it in a gallery for a showing. This wasn't his photojournalist work. It didn't appear in a magazine or a publication that I'm aware of. And um, an Italian blogger um, was taking a good hard look at it and noticed some uh, shenanigans with one of the um, images. People in the image, I guess you would say. It's a really bad Photoshop. Yeah, man. it's yeah. And, it, and it's yeah. That's what's staggering. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's so, bad. if you're going to like, cheat, kids. Uh. Yeah, cheat better. And the the picture is from Cuba, and essentially it is, um, uh, it's a nice frame, except for the fact that the guy. There's three people. Three people in the image. Maybe, I think there's someone in the background. There's four, and the the furthest person to the right in the image walking in the background was probably the way this is photoshopped his leg and part of his body is behind a street sign uh, a yellow pole holding it up and the person who photoshopped it decided to move the pole or move the body one or the other and forgot to include the foot yeah and some other stuff so and, uh, Excuse me. It's really, it's really rudimentary. It looks like it's half finished. It yeah, looks like yeah. somebody decided, mm-hmm. like, I was working on this, and I'm going to go take a br- coffee break and come back, and up, oh, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And initially, uh, and so this, you know, this got published, and a lot of people, um, you know, myself included, uh, heard about it, and were like, ah, you know, things happen. I think McCurry came out and said uh, he blamed it on somebody who worked within his studio. 
and uh, wasn't aware of the the manipulation and um, didn't really take a lot of ownership of the issue. Um, weirdly enough, he po or he was at a you know some sort of seminar and someone asked him about the use of Photoshop and photos and he said that you know it's fine for brightening, darkening, increasing the contrast, but you know it shouldn't be used to manipulate images. And then uh, people you know, started to dig. A, yeah, people, people started, started to dig a hard. little bit deeper, mm -hmm. and they found a couple more images. Um, one is a group of uh, maybe Asian kids running through a pond, and uh, there's a kid missing, just flat out someone photoshopped. And there's an arm missing in the right hand side. There's oh, a hand I mean, that yeah. comes in. Yeah, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that's uh, that was a pretty big no no. And then um, there's there's a kind of a rickshaw, an image of a couple of guys on a rickshaw. Um, <laughs> bicycle taxi and this has happened this has happened to every single one of us where you've got the f shot lined up yep. and some goober in the picture <laughs> decides Sees to you. wave and smile at you <laughs> and you know what then you just put that one in the bin of history. Yeah, you and, and don't you, Photoshop the don't, yeah. smiley, grinny guy out and <laughs> go, "Look, out. it's a perfect picture," yeah. because you know his big oval head is no longer in yeah. it. If we were fishermen, it'd be the one that got away. He'd yeah, come back to yeah, the yeah. And yeah. Say, I it almost up. had the perfect shot, but this dumb ass looked right into the camera and said, "Cheese," yeah. and I wanted to strangle him. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. It, it's, you just don't have it. Then you just yeah. don't have it. I mean, I think the long and short for us as photojournalists. Now, now in your wedding work, it, it you know, photoshopping some cousin Eddie out, yeah. it, it doesn't matter because it's not your, that's their wedding picture. They're paying you to get rid of cousin Eddie. Right. That's, that, there's no ethical problem in a, in, a, in a wedding or in a, in a corporate picture that, like, let's say Paul takes a group shot of a bunch of executives and somebody's not there. And they and Paul is that person comes in late and Paul photographs him standing in the exact same position and then drops him into the group shot for some corporate newsletter. Mm -hmm. There's no ethical boundary there that anybody is crossing. I think where people go crazy over McCurry's this problem is is where the lines of his photojournalism work are blurred into what he's calling himself. A visual storyteller. A visual storyteller. So mm -hmm. he's telling his story, and I and I think Paul said it best earlier. That, that even w when you're a storyteller, people know if you're a fiction writer or a nonfiction writer. And to, to present yourself as a nonfiction author, a nonfiction storyteller, be it, you know, with words or in pictures and come to find out that what you're actually giving people, what people are actually receiving is a work of fiction when they thought they were getting the truth. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. It's, it's, is it akin to lying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll it, say it is. It's, it's a bit of a lie of omission yeah. at, at, mm -hmm. well, in some respect, because if you look if you now the, the the one where we talk about the foot is is clear, is a is colossal a, failure. Yeah. Uh -oh, I mean, what? this is that's like yeah. leaving the you know, like if you're a corrupt politician and you and you leave like right. documents proving right. yourself and you leave them on your desk while you're talking to a reporter, turn towards them so yeah. they could read them. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. Yeah. So, um, but the one where uh, you know the I, it was uh, published. 
This is a June National of, Geographic yeah, cover. June of 1984. And I remember this cover on my parents' coffee table. Mm. Which one are we talking uh, about? It's the, oh, it's the India Indians. by Rail. Yep. And it's this, I, I, you know, geez. I, I mean, I remember this from a, being a kid. So this image stuck with me. And it's this perfectly framed photograph mm-hmm. of these these workers on the on a on a steam locomotive and the the smoke is billowing yep. and the guy's got the the, the steam is coming out yeah and, and, and it's and got the, the Taj Mahal. Mahal in the background perfectly framed I mean it's one of those pictures that you take and you go oh my god this is this I'm is oh it's everything is it's you know the light it's, is perfect it's a sunset or dawn the only thing yeah. I can liken it to the only time it's ever happened to me is the picture I took at uh, Honor Flight. Where Joe oh. Colmer walks away from his wheelchair. Yeah. In the history of taking pictures, I don't think I've ever taken a picture that was perfect. Right. You could mm-hmm. always find, and it wasn't until it was funny because there is a person in that frame. You have to look really, really hard to find them, but there is one silhouetted person up in the monument that you can just barely see. Mm. And I didn't see him, that person, even after the picture was published, I never noticed Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I was making a big print for charity Mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh my God, when you saw it 16 by 20, then you see this person. And And I'm like, oh, well, it's not perfect, but I mean, it's as close as I can get to perfect. What McCurry is doing is, and this, what I was doing was pure photojournalism. What he's doing is, I'm not quite sure. Well, but the, his stuff for Nat Geo, I right. mean, he'd never right. stepped away from being called a photojournalist. Right. He, yeah, so, right. There you go. Like, yeah, it's a little, yeah, like, yeah. It's and, a little iffy. And, and, and he's gone radio silent. I should probably say that the, he is just, the, his blog shut down. There is somebody updating his Facebook page. I checked oh, his really? Facebook page. There's somebody updating okay. his Facebook page, and somebody is putting his old pictures out on Instagram. Well, as far as this controversy goes, I don't think he's responded to it. No, he's gone radio silent. But real quick, back to the the train picture. Apparently, according to an Indian source that was there, they shot it. It wasn't sharp enough because he's shooting chromes here. This isn't digital. So Mm -hmm. he goes back and... They have the train back up and do it again. You know, you can't make a joke. Could you come back here? When you get up from your Uh wheelchair, I'm not right at the, I'm not using the right F-stop. Could you come back? You you can't do that. And the technology, the thing that when we first started with Photoshop, the, the dependence for young photographers that were coming up only in a digital era, I noticed there was a great dependence on fixing your image after you take, as opposed to making the picture in the camera. Mm -hmm. And they were going to fix it. Like, I can just crop it. I'm like, well, how about you just take two steps closer and crop it in your camera when Mm -hmm. you're shooting it? Well, I can just crop it in Photoshop. And it was just, it was a crutch. Mm -hmm. And this isn't, I mean, that's a kid using a cropping tool as a crutch. This is using Photoshop. Or this a, or picture pe- of the of the Indian, the Indian railroad scene in front of the Taj Mahal. What'd you say, 1984? Yeah, 1984. You know, June of 84. I remember it on my parents' Photoshop coffee table. Was invented before digital cameras were invented. Yeah. So you had to so, back it up. So you had so you had to stage it. You had to do it again. But you know, and, and it wasn't it wasn't like a digital camera. It's, he didn't take the first frame and realize oh yeah. the train's pulled away. Yeah. He had the film developed. They looked at it. The editor said it's too soft to use. Yeah. What was it for? Five days later, a week. Yeah, hey, we gotta hire that train to yeah. come back. Get those yeah. guys over here. I know it's been a week, but we gotta do it again. 
And in the and and probably for our readers, we should explain like if that happened to us and we had to have a photo of that train, Mm -hmm. we'd go back the next day and try to shoot it again. And it, it might be sharper. It might not be as technically perfect as the image that is there, but you don't get to pose people. No. You don't get to, you know, nope. that that's, uh, you know, verboten. And then mm-hmm. not I, as, not for a new, for not for a straight up news photo. I mean, do we take pictures of people who are posed? Yes. We shoot portraits and oh, illustrations yeah, yeah. and all sorts of things. You know, um, we light softballs on fire, you know, blah, 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 yeah. but we don't, but um, we don't pretend, oh, that kid's throwing so hard. That softball's on fire. You <laughs> yeah, know? That's right. It's not a game <laughs> yeah, photo that no. we Photoshop fire yeah. into. Right. No, it's a staged portrait. And I think that the general public has a – I think that there's an understand, an unwritten understanding between us and our readers that the pictures we present as news pictures are real and the pictures – they know which pictures are aren't real meaning a portrait or the pace setters or the Mm -hmm. you know meg's out shooting a picture of somebody who wants chickens in their backyard today and she'll shoot a portrait of them in their backyard meg's not going to bring chickens to their house and show that like this is what chickens would look like in moline that Mm -hmm. that's just not going to happen um but the, I think that you sh- we should talk about the. I think the, the 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 great staged picture that goes along with he does a lot of McCurry does a ton of work in India, right? And we could get into why Indian photographers don't like him. I mean, there have been how many? I mean, I've read at least three blog entries from people who are born in India, who are photographers in India, who don't like McCurry's vision of of India right. that it's a mm-hmm. it's too um, colonial co- nineteen. You know, twenties, thirties, forties image of what, and, and and it's not modern India. Now, I, I mean, I'll tell you, a lot of McCurry's old Indian work is what I think people think of when they think of India. You I know, think you're right, and I think that's the problem that yeah, the Indian mm-hmm. photographers have with yeah. him. And um, and and you know, that's a discussion probably for another day. But this, and and one of the reasons why there's so much angst is there's a the photo is a a woman and a child and she looks to be upper middle class maybe yeah and then there's a porter standing next to her and he's balancing suitcases uh three huge suitcases on his head as a train speeds by in uh you know in kind of a motion blur it's a it's a wonderful photograph if it were real if it were real Mm -hmm. it turns out that uh the woman in the picture is one of the photographer assistants that McCurry was working with wife and child and the guy who is the porter who's holding the suitcases uh, a the suitcases are empty and b he's uh they brought him in for the photo to to do this one specific thing so it's a complete lie i mean it's you know and and, the, and here's the rub McCurry this ran probably in national geographic that. it ran in national geographic and this is why this went from Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, a, a visual storyteller's you know lie of omission to yeah. a pretty big deal, yeah. a Lance Armstrong esque scandal yeah. of you know I don't take drugs. Uh, yeah, you do. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's because you this pic. There's nothing about this picture that tell that you would not think he was standing there for an hour waiting for the perfect light and the person to stand there and all the elements came together and you think my god this mccurry guy he's awesome Mm, i mean the moments that he captures he may have a shitload of images that are that are real moments but 
all of his pictures are in question now. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that every picture is in play now to go, did he did he stage the... If you go through his Instagram account, there's a really striking image of a kid with... Um, uh, with a with a in some kind of industrial um setting, and it it's an absolutely stunning, stark, horrible image. And we all go to our Instagram accounts, and there's nothing that plays better on a podcast than yeah, talking about guys looking at guys phone. looking at their phones. But um, but uh, all right, I started to follow him today so I could see uh, McCurry, Steve well, McCurry, and, and I think kind of the important thing, and I. I'm sure there's probably people in the public who are like, eh, what's the difference? But anybody who's ever put a camera in front of their face and try to make a picture and have, you know, a dog jump at you or, you know, the bird fly away or anything, you know, to find out this guy had kind of fudged the rules. And McCurry's one of those guys I looked up to, and I'm sure a lot of a lot of people do. And uh, I'm like, you know, I'm just I'm never just going to be this good because this, you know, look at the look at the photos this guy has, you know. And then to find out uh, some of them are posed, and it's like, well, wait a minute, yeah. You know? And according to the Indian source, who's I don't need to look up his name, but yeah. the guy who's quoted in this latest Petapixel Petapixel say that five times fast article. Um, says that Steve was known for setting up pictures. They talked yeah. to the woman who's in the picture. Yeah, no, some man came to me and, you know, we did this and we stood down there and blah, blah, blah. And those are my suitcases, but there's nothing in them. Yeah. And I, I, there's, ugh. I yeah. mean, it's shocking. And you go through, if you go through his Instagram account, it's this picture that was um, posted and it's it's the comment or the comment, the uh, the description is, Take a look at the trailer of Frightened, a brilliant documentary by Dennis, and I can't pronounce Dennis's last name. And um, I'm assuming this is a McCurry image, and it's this really the his the one thing that Mercury understands is that eyes are really the most important thing when you're making mm-hmm. a photograph, and that entry point um, above all. I mean, I. I talk to, kid, to to young photographers all the time about how um, your photos have to have clear entry points um, and the eyes are the clearest of the of the entry points and I'm going to pause for one second while I take a news <laughs> a news call hold on okay. no no you didn't know that so that's no big deal just text me what happens you're fired Akibot. okay see you bye <laughs> and back to the show <laughs> <laughs> news keeps getting in the way of this podcast. We, we were going to do one podcast or do lunch or whatever, and I had to go cover yeah. a fatal train wreck. Yeah. I moved the train wreck so that it was closer to the, bit, to, yeah, to the thing. Yeah, I photoshopped two firemen in looking at it. Mm-hmm. It made it a little bit more dramatic that way. And then I found the guy's wife, and I photoshopped her into the picture crying next to the train. Next to the train. Yeah. You're gonna, you're I gonna just win remember the time yeah. that, yeah, you pulled the pig out of the back of the SUV. That's right. right. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um so, oh, but it's a very striking image and, and eyes are very important. And I think that that's the Afghan girl picture. Everybody's just drawn to the color of her eyes and how stark her her stare was and whatever. But do I, did I, do I now know that this guy was, I'm like, hey, stand there and stare at me? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Everything's every, every played. Picture, every picture you look at it is now you wonder about. Right. And I was looking at this photo of the scene from Cuba that we first started talking about just before we sat down 
and, and it makes me question all the other subtle details of this frame. You know, the guy, this horrible Photoshop job, I can't believe was printed and made it into a gallery show. That, that's but amazing to me. That's stunning. It's yeah. so awful, so obvious, so bad. Um, but just other elements. Was the guy in the yellow shirt crossing the street headed in the opposite direction there? Um, you know, it looks like there's a lady leaning against the wall, you know, in the far left side of the frame. Is that was pale blue, that? the real color of the car? Yeah, you know? exactly. I mean, there's so many, yeah, there's so so many, many elements. And now it's like, yeah, I can't believe any of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not just this picture, but so many pictures. And oh, especially yeah. now that so many of his pictures are not just called into question, but there's definitive proof that they've been they've been severely digitally altered. Yeah. And I think I think it's interesting. This comes on the heels of uh, I don't know if you guys caught this. I did. Um, Photoshop is coming out with this new content aware cropping. I've seen it. Yeah, it look it looks really cool yeah. for a lot of things, but uh, it'll probably bring a whole new layer of headache for you. So now, just to, I don't know if you if you you're looking at me like you haven't heard. Of it. No, I've I've heard of it, but okay. I don't know. I can't speak definitively on it because I don't know. So if you take a photo mm -hmm. and uh, it's not it's not the crop you want, so now you crop it and uh, you don't have enough photo for the the edges of the, the image cut off. That, that so off. like you cut off. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so Photoshop is going to look at what you're cutting off and it'll make up pixels to fill in those, those white bars. Oh. And I, and it, initially I was like, Oh, you know, that, that works like maybe 10% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, I watched some videos and I was like, Holy crap, this is pretty good. So much so that it even, it even predicted like what a sign would say. And yeah, yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting. But I think it's it's interesting because um, I recently figured out how to use content aware fill in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, that is slick. If you're if you, I, I I almost feel like I'm saying, hey Todd, you want some crack? You know, hey man, you want some, <laughs> no? And try I, some heroin? Yeah, I, it's for these for the players of the year that we've been doing. We're doing them on white this year. So mm -hmm. we've got, we're sitting next to it, the white seamless. And the white seamless has developed some seam cracks, not cracks, but as much as uh, bumps, which we can light around to some extent, but um, it's not a seamless white. Mm -hmm. So um, I've had to go, I've, I've learned, I've never really needed to do it before, but I had to learn. Um, to go in and select it all and then create or create another layer, um, select all of the white that's surrounding the player in the portrait, and then um, create a layer mask and then going in and cleaning up with, you know, erasing the things that are that are bumpy and then um, selecting the, the layer below it and then and then um, uh, using surface blur and then lightening it a little bit. And it, it really is a slick way to clean up a, a, a studio shot background. Mm. But, you know, that's a studio picture. And um, we lit some stuff on fire um, uh, for the soccer players. And, uh, and I did one this morning with the, the, the player of the year for softball. I, I asked her, you know, what do you – she's like, oh, I'm a pitcher. And I'm like, are you the one that wanted uh, – um, your bat on fire for your pace setter, which is for people who don't know our weekly athlete of the year. And it was Brian's first week on the job. Yeah. And the kid had all the stuff, like the rubber cement and the lighter yeah. and everything to, to light her bat on fire. And Brian's like, 
you know, it's my first week. I don't really want to set set a high school athlete on fire right. by accident. Yeah. And much to his credit, he decided not to light the child on fire. Good thinking. Um, but you know, uh, with the with the okay of her grandmother this morning, who was here with her, uh, I said, you know, I said what I've got of you is fine. It will work. I said, are you the one with the that wanted the thing lit on fire? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, would well, you want to light the ball on fire? I've got the stuff to do it. And she's like, absolutely. She just jumped at it. But the 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 but I could have probably photoshopped fire onto the ball and layered it in more easily than I am trying to keep the true nature of the fire that we actually had in the ball Mm -hmm. against the backdrop and making sure the edges are soft and making sure it looks like fire and that the little bit of smoke that's coming off in it that I'm, I I could do it faster in Photoshop than trying to do it for real. Um, even though it's a portrait and it's an illustration, I mean, but I'm still trying mm-hmm. to adhere to the real fire, you mm-hmm. know. Right. I mean, I don't know how that's appropriate to what we're talking about, but it, the the, the idea of Photoshop can do so much. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's ungodly what Photoshop can do, mm-hmm. and Photoshop has become this word that people use um, when they're talking about modeling photos, or that oh, yeah. the the Megan Trainer video, where everybody's like they photoshopped her to make her look skinnier and she got all mad and and she pulled the video and much to her credit and you know as far as body images and going on whatever she is who she is and that's who she wants to be portrayed as and but the word photoshop Mm -hmm. is is almost becoming a dirty word in some context well and i'll tell you that not as a photojournalist but as someone who gets paid to make clients happy it is a real fine line to and this is I have this issue with my wife all the time when I'm shooting a high school senior. Um, nobody wants a big juicy zit on their head, right? Okay, so that you know that that's obvious. I'm going to take that zit out. Okay, well, how about these these flyaways in the hair? You know, uh, okay, we're gonna we're gonna fix those. Okay, how about the teeth? Are we gonna fix the teeth? I've got you know we've had kids with uh, that wore braces and they get those weird striations on mm-hmm. their teeth and I guess you just have them for a while and then they go away. You have them forever. Uh, Oh, really? oh, yeah, look at you. Yeah, Gosh. I'm 37, and I still have them. <laughs> still having them. Yeah, didn't brush well enough when I was in uh, grade school. <laughs> we never yeah. did Photoshop your teeth for your company <laughs> mugshot, nope, did we? I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's but it's a fine line before, you know, and I've seen photos like either Pinterest or whatever where I'm like, that's not what that kid looks like. Come on, you know. <laughs> But it's, so it's it's kind of a weird uh, a weird line. But I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell I'll tell a story to get back to McCurry. Uh, it wasn't this newspaper, but I worked at a paper, and uh, I'm going to leave it blank because anyway you'll find out. Um, we had taken a photo of a crime scene that in front of a bridge abutment, a concrete bridge abutment. Uh oh. Yeah, and uh, there was profanity on the bridge abutment and there was no way to hide it. It was spectacular profanity, but uh, you know, well painted, very, very, you know, good edges, everything. And um, spelled his words, right? Spelled his words. Yep. Got them all, all four of them. And um, the editors wanted the photographer who wasn't me uh, to blur the profanity out. I mean, there's just no way around this. This, this is the only photo we got, you know, this tells the story. And the photographers, I'm not going to do that. And this was back in the, and I don't know if the dispatch ever had one of these. It was, uh, it's called the leaf. Oh yeah. Desk. The leaf scanner. Yeah. Where you scan the, the negative a- and the you AP make a digital desk. file and it was a pretty slick outfit. And then you could pretty much not everything that Photoshop does, but you could do a lot of stuff. You could, you know, it was, it was pretty impressive. 
Um, and he, he, he was going to hold his guns and, and it became just a, a raging argument between the editor and, but this was, and they ended up blurring it up. And, uh, but the, the, the caveat was they identified in the caption that we, you know, we intentionally distorted the photo because of offensive language spray painted on the bridge or something like that. So it was, you know, I'm not proud of that moment as a journalist, but I understand, you know, you're working at a regional paper. Uh, there's a lot of people who really don't care for language like that, especially in the front page of their, their morning paper. Um, maybe they should care a little bit more about the crime that happened underneath it, but you know, Hey, whatever. Um, but it was an interesting discussion. And I think, you know, I don't know, it, it's so, so telling. And so, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a constant battle that we, and that we do pay attention to it. Yeah. The, um, I've had people say, you know, um, when we had the, 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 the Madonna event was a, allegedly under the bridge, the, the oh, light yeah, and the yeah. light was like, did you Photoshop that in? I'm like, no, I didn't Photoshop it in because I can't see the Madonna or Jesus in this picture. <laughs> I, I see you a know? street light. <laughs> I see a street light. I mean, like, no, I didn't alter it because yeah. I wouldn't know what to alter it to. And if I did alter it, I'd have made it look like Jesus. <laughs> it would have looked a lot better, lady. <laughs> you know, yeah. It was, you know, it was funny because I remember standing there and uh, standing next to some devout, um, they were they were older Hispanic people who were devout Catholics, and they could see it. And I would stay. I was standing there taking pictures of it, and then um, they would come over, and I would, and because I didn't know what I was taking, I'm taking a picture of what was a light underneath a, mm-hmm. a, a bridge over the Rock River, and I didn't see what they were saying. I mean. Whatever I I just didn't see the Madonna or Jesus or whatever it was supposed to be, and uh, I would show them the back of my camera, and uh, you know you can you can uh, protect images yeah. on the back of your camera. So I'm like flip flip flip. There it is, and I'm like okay protect that one. Okay, <laughs> yeah. is it in focus? Yep. I'm good, baby. (laughs) I've got the expert commentators who are down here that says every picture looked exactly the same. Yeah, Yeah. they were all. I mean, other than the wrinkles on the water, they all looked the same. And that they told me that that's what they saw. Mm -hmm. And we ran the picture the next day, and that was that. And I just, you know, if I'd have photoshopped, (laughs) did you Photoshop that in there? I'm like, no, no, yeah. He'd be wearing a Cubs hat. That's I, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Cubs fan, told you. <laughs> Bam, drop your mic, walk out the door. Um, no, um, but it is a, yeah, and it's, but, and what kills me too is I, I know you guys have done this or you guys have been on the scene of this, not that you have done this, but uh, you're shooting some parade or something like that and you shoot some cute kid and then mom sees you shooting her kid or whatever, yep. and uh, she grabs her, you know, the brother or whatever, and slams them together. And she's like, "Ta-da!" You know, now yep. shoot him. And it's like, uh, "Nope." You so know, I got yeah, it. No, no, I'm good. I, I got you, it. I got yeah, it. And thanks. You say, oh, that was adorable. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And then you, and you, when you go get their names, she gives you the other name, yeah. and you put an X next to it <laughs> yeah. to make sure you don't accidentally <laughs> yep. write. You know, this isn't the cut line I, for the picture where you actually shot yep. the two brothers. Yep. You don't put their names in it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, but. anyway, but the um, I think we have all had that moment where you, well, I mean, I I think for me the quintessential. God damn it! I if if it were ethical to do this, I might do it. But the Jordan Spieth picture oh, of yeah. Jordan Spieth coming right. out of the bunker is CBS, the CBS photographer who or videographer or whatever you want to call him, who was covering the ninth hole. 
um, has a tripod and he abandons his tripod in various places around the green. And it mm-hmm. seems to always find the backs of my pictures because the guy abandons it, throws it off to the side and goes on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he's coming out of that bunker mm-hmm. and that fucking tripod. tripod is in the background. Mm-hmm. It's a totally clean, perfect picture, except for the stupid tripod that's sitting there. Um, well, this picture lends itself perfectly to the the revelations about Steve McCurry altering, because as we've said on this podcast before, Greg Bolt took the same picture, yep. and John Deere, who he works for, who is not constrained by ethical journalistic, you know, guidelines by any means, photoshopped out the CBS microphone that was sitting on the edge of the green yep. to pick up, you know, the sound of the the club. You know, the putter yeah, the hitting boom, the ball. The little sh- shotgun yeah. mic. Yeah. So, you know, the, that photo that you and Greg both shot standing over each other's shoulders ran the next day in our newspaper as an ad for John Deere. John Deere bought a full-page ad. Thank you, John Deere. Yes. Yeah. For our, you know, and there's the photo. Your photo ran in the sports section with the microphone in it. The day before. The day before. Yep. Greg Bull's photo ran as a full-page John Deere ad that they purchased with the photo altered with the microphone poorly photoshopped out and i had people ask me how come i had a microphone in my picture and he didn't yeah really yeah yeah i mean it's like how what where was greg standing that he didn't get the microphone that greg bull he's a hell of a photographer you know (laughs) jesus you're the steve mccurry of of cuba or golf or something you know man his picture is just magically better than mine i i think it is interesting though because we uh you know, we talk about this, and I, for me, there's like a certain purity in street photography. It's it's kind of become this weird like big game safari. Like whenever I when yeah. we would go, uh, we find out we're going to go on vacation. I'm always like, oh, street photography. I'm going to take my little Fuji and shoot. And um, but it and it's interesting. Like how many times I've seen photos that are just amazing, mm-hmm. and I'm then now I'm like, ah, gosh, what, you know. What, what shenanigans happened in the background of that photo to make it, you know, better or... Well, there have, it's weird. There have been cases where an NPPA or the Pulitzer Committee or whatever has... I wouldn't say there are a lot of these things, but over the last, I don't know, 10 years, occasionally someone will win and then they'll find out that it's like the same photo with the middle cut out of it and squeezed together to make it tighter. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a, I know it's an award-winning photo if I'd only been able to change the laws of physics. Right. You know, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what drives someone to completely alter a photo in, in your post press or pre press, pre press, you know, toning of an image to say, you know what, I'm going to take this middle part out and seam these two pictures together. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do it, if you're going to cheat, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, it's like leaving the pine tar, you know, like right out oh, there yeah. if you're playing baseball. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I don't, I'm not advocating cheating, but it seems to me that the people get caught because they cheat so poorly. Well, and I, I think it's important to know that if you're going to cheat, Chances are pretty good. They're going to catch they're you. They're going to catch you. And when they catch you, and I think Steve McCurry's finding this out, it's going to be brutal because yeah. it really makes people it makes people angry. You know. Well, I think it, it's it's for other photographers, it's tantamount to the pitchers who are mad at Sammy Sosa or Barry Bonds or 
or mm-hmm. whoever else got caught for taking steroids and hit however many home runs off right. them when they weren't, you know, they were pitching fairly at, you know, whatever miles per hour they could come up with on, you know, on their Wheaties. And these guys are, are taking anabolic steroids or whatever they're taking and hitting home runs off them because their bat speed's that much faster mm-hmm. to catch up to this fastball. And it, in, you know, they got big contracts and whatever. If if McCurry was doing this and get caught at the beginning of his career, uh, he'd be toast as a journalist. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes to something that just occurred to me: that there there are tons of examples of photographers in recent history where the photo editing, the, the digital manipulation, is just indefensible. The guy from the Toledo Blade, his name escapes me at the moment. I think that was back in '06 or '07, maybe a little bit before that. I um, remember that. You remember that? And well, and he, even more recently, they didn't mm-hmm. somebody add like a, like an extra missile into a launch or something like that. I think that's or, just North Korea propaganda. Was that no, maybe yes. that's what I'm thinking? Yeah. Of. That's, but see now, but there someone, you, but yeah. someone yeah. added smoke to a photo of a oh a yeah war sure thing yeah, and, yeah 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 um, I remember that and and then another one that was a Pulitzer finalist we found out was a, a combination of two different images. He cut the left-hand side off of one and the right hand off of another and put them together to make it look like one photo. That was the one I was talking about. That's the about. one you were talking about, oh, okay. yeah. Um, so there are plenty of examples from well-known, famous photographers in the modern age like this. And I, I think, I don't know, what Steve McCurry did by today's standards is indefensible. But in his defense... I realize I'm kind of on both sides of the fence here from what I said earlier. But in his defense, I I also known that the notions of what is allow, allowable, what's permissible in digital manipulation have evolved from, from film era through the advent of the digital era and to where we are now. And they're going to continue to evolve. And, you know, you know the, the hand of God dodging and burning was okay. Yeah. And it wasn't, and now it is because you could always do it in the dark room and on right. and on. I think what Steve McCurry thought he was doing back in 1984 in India was probably allowed because he came from a generation of shooters where that sort of thing was the norm. You know, mm-hmm. newspaper photo newspaper photo journalism from years ago, you know, that sort of thing was um, n- not rampant is the wrong word, but uh, routine in yeah. a lot of ways. You know, so Steve McCurry comes from that. It's like, well, I, I'm allowed to pose. I missed it the first time I can pose it. That's allowed. Oh, 10 years later. Oh, we're not allowed to pose anymore. Oh, but digital photography is coming in. Oh, now I can do all these sorts of things. Oh, that's not allowed. Oh, I didn't know that. It's always as though I think I think when you say did did not know that, I think deep down somewhere he to be honest with himself, yeah. he knows. Now, right, 8 1984. I think we're applying. My father-in-law used to always get mad when people applied the moral code of 2016 to 1950s America Mm -hmm. that um, having grown up in or having lived in the South in the sixties he understood didn't, didn't agree with the racism of Mississippi, but he, you can't judge those people for their misguided beliefs with a 2016 prism. Mm-hmm. And so he would always get kind of annoyed when people would rewrite history in in you know with the with the new prism of of you know the current era. Um, 
and I think that looking at McCurry's 2000 or to his work um, in 1984, uh, you're right. I think you're right that, you know, he's like, well, no, I mean, this is standard practice. Standard practice. We don't, I don't know. I don't know what other people for National Geographic were doing in 1984. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of disturbing looking at the fact that those, the woman, those cases are empty and they move the thing back because the way – I was learning in 1984. I graduated from high school in 1983, and the, you know I was looking at the the best pictures, the, the photojournalism NPPA's book they put out year, yeah. every year, as it, you know. And I started getting those in high school, and I would just pour through them and look through them every, you know, all the time, and looking at all these just amazing moments of, mm-hmm. you know, the the scaffolding falling and the baby, yep. you know, I mean, all of these things that were real moments in time. Um, that were captured and so I just assumed when I would see that picture that you know my 1984 brain would assume that he stood on the platform and waited for the light to be perfect and someone was there and Mm -hmm. um, it's disappointing that it's not and it makes me question everything that he's doing Um, I'm sure a good portion of his work is straight up I mean you know, I don't think we can, we have, I mean, sitting here in Moline, Illinois, who are we to judge Steve McCurry's, you know, the the bulk of his work, but um, the, the examples we have of him going wrong are really blatant and yeah. a real, you know, to it's a the, betrayal. Yeah, it's a betrayal. That's mm-hmm. a good way of putting it. It's also a, 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 you know, a lesson for those who will come after him to say, listen, you, if you're going to sell yourself as a photojournalist and and that's how you're going to market yourself, and you can't rewrite history and say no, I was just an art photographer, or a storytelling yeah, photographer, I'm a visual, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm a visual artist or whatever. Yeah. Um, because there are people who who are art photographers who create these. Oh my God! And I wish I could remember her name. I watched a video about her the other day and. She would make a fabulous guest on the on the show. One because she's got a great English accent, <laughs> um, but she she does these. I don't know how long it takes her to set up these images, um, but they're almost completely. There's li- very little digital manipulation in the pictures. She sets these things up in the woods, and they're they're very um, Alice in Wonderlandy, mm-hmm. and she based the whole series of images on. You know, the fact that her mother used to, they were honoring her mother because they, she used to read these stories to her. And um, they're different. They're not actually depicting Alice in Wonderland, but they're kind of along that kind of fanciful, weird, out of the box. I mean, they're, they're the most incredible art photography I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And then to watch her do them and put them together and make these prints and whatever. And she's just shooting, she's shooting with a, like a D800 or something and yeah. just making these gigantic prints and, but you know, clearly, I understand that looking at this, she didn't stumble on this right. in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh my God, look what I found! Um, this was in her head, and then she spent a year building the set or whatever to make this picture. I'm under the assumption that Steve McCurry was standing on that on mm-hmm. that platform, and it makes you. I don't know that it does it does it make you guys when you were doing this photojournalism thing. You know, every once in a while you question your own abilities in the sense that you're like, oh, my God, I'm just not getting the moments. Oh, yeah. And then you see stuff like this. It makes you feel worse about yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then you see that, that fact that some of them are faked. You're like, mm-hmm. well, I could have faked it. Yeah. 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 Totally. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I could have taken steroids and hit the home runs. I could have 
you know, put suitcases on a guy's head. I could have made something up. Yeah, sure, of course. I uh, yeah, I don't know how many times, and you know, yeah, yeah, totally. Hey, kid, come back and slide into home again. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, well, we was the. Um, I had the one the other day, or not the other day. You were still working here. Was the fire in Rock Island, and there were the crying people, and oh, yeah. it was an African family, yeah, and example. and it was one of those things where. I had two frames that, if you mesh them together, would have made the perfect reaction photo. Mm-hmm. Um, the kid in one frame, which is the one we ran, the kid is looking up at the grandmother while she bawls. But the woman on the right is like sort of distracting because she's not really focused anywhere. She's not focused on the fire. She's not focused on the woman. She's kind of in between. But in the another frame, she's looking at the fire like, ah, but the kid's not looking at the grandmother. Like there, it would have taken me. I mean, if I'd wanted to, I could have photoshopped that picture together and made sure. made the perfect image. But you just don't do that. No, I mean, you just don't. They drill it into you. I mean, mm-hmm. every time you sign a a, a contest entry form, um, mm-hmm. you uh, say that this picture has not been manipulated other than color or dodging mm-hmm. and burning or whatever. And and you know, I, don't, yeah. I just. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to know what was going through his head, but he's not talking. No. So. And and I think that's unfortunate because I think it is a heck of a. I mean, if he kind of left it as a, oh, I didn't know that that was a thing, and it's like really because I'm pretty sure everybody knows that's a thing. I think, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, and I mean, I do know. You know, it's kind of a slippery slope because it's you know color dodging, you know, boosting the contrast on something maybe. Um, you know, I, on one of my cameras, I got a dead clump of pixels. I'm guessing that's what it is. Or there's, there's a mark on the filter. So I've, I've forever got this little, mm-hmm. you know, clone stamp it out. Yeah. And I clone stamp it out. And I mean, it's, you know, it's never on someone's face. Thank God. I probably have to get rid of the body, but, um, you know, it's, it's always, it's always kind of like this, this floating little thing, you know, and it's in, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I mean, you guys know you, you shoot a lens, uh, you know, at, at a pretty, you know, small f-stop. You're going to have a bunch of. You're going to see just exa- just how dirty your lens yeah. is, and yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's you spend a you know a ton of time, cl- cl- you know, correcting all that stuff. Yeah. But um, so you know, it's okay. So I did that. Okay, well, there's a bug in front of that kid's face. You know, do I fix that? Well, that there was the go. interesting thing about the Afghan picture that of the Afghan girl is most famous picture. Who yeah. who took the who took the the, the dirt the dirt yeah. out of her eye. Yeah. In the in the original cover, she's got schmutz in her eye, but when they republished it for the hundred greatest photos ever in National Geographic, oh. the, it was the back to the original schmutz image. Mm-hmm. So who did it? Mm. Did someone? Now McCurry's big thing is that they say he sends in raw images and someone is editing them and intoning them and manipulating them. Apparently, okay. Mm-hmm. If I don't like. I'm just Todd Meisner in Moline, Illinois, and I don't like to give up control of my images mm-hmm. to anyone unless I fully, 100% trust them that they're going to crop and tone it correctly. 
And that's a rare thing for me. If I'm as big a freaking deal as Steve McCurry, are you yeah. telling me he has no control over what people are doing? I mean, that's just yeah. the idea well, that he just goes off into the vapor. Now, it's not like, I mean, if you turn it into a magazine and some art director is starting to screw with your image, which happens to models and whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they give them the wrong images and all of a sudden she's three feet taller and she's got, you know, her Harry Mole is gone. I, you know, I get all that. But if you're a documentary photographer, or at least we thought he was, and you're sending your images into your studio in your office and people are making co- co- I mean, the guy is a, I think one of the, the, the uh, criticisms of him is that he's a, what do they call it? Calendar photographer. Mm-hmm. And so the Indian people like he's producing calendar images of India. Mm-hmm. Those aren't really the way India is. And people should know the way India is because there's a fuckload bit of poverty in India. It's mm-hmm. not this, you know, yeah. fanciful land where everybody's happy and, and mm-hmm. you know. And so the idea that, you know, I understand, you know, he's, he's making calendar pictures. If you're going out to, if your job is to make calendar pictures, yep. then you're making calendar pictures. Don't sell yourself as a documentary photographer. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, and I, I don't think you get to retreat from it either when you get called out and you don't no. get to say, oh, I'm a, I've always considered myself a visual storyteller. Do you think that he considers where the criticism is coming from? which are our our bloggers and you know people who he might think are beneath him not that I mean the New York Times called him out too but did you did you think that he, that he's thinking that these people are beneath me and I'm not I'm not going to answer the criticism of people who are jealous of me or whatever I I think there's there might have been you know it's hard for me to speculate on what was going through his head or if he was just completely oh my god the gig's up and you know I I did it for 30 years and now I'm done. Um, Cause I think he probably is. Um, but you know, I think, I think it's harder for guys like me and you and Paul and uh, you know, Sharky James from the Petapixel who looked up to this guy. It's, you know, it's the same thing. It's Lance Armstrong all over again for me. You know, I, I want, I don't want to believe that, you know, this guy's capable of not being honest with me. And I, you know, uh, it, I don't want to say it hurts, but the betrayal is, you know, it's real. And I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It just makes me crazy to think that that this happened. And, you know, and, and I look at some of the other photographers that I looked up to and it's like, God, you know, and I you know it makes me kind of question them, too, you know, and it's like, you know, and I mean, it's the one nice thing, like one of the other photographers I really look up to is, you know, well, David Hobby and Joe McAnally and. Um, I mean, Joe McAnally, I would surprise me because he wasn't really a documentary photographer so much as he was a studio light guy. And um, like nobody's going to confuse, you know, some of his iconic images. He had a really famous actress back in the 80s in the New York subway. She was uh, they were getting her to a a movie set or something like that. And they're like, let's take the subway. And she's all dressed in like medieval armor or something. And it is just the coolest damn image. Mm -hmm. And I don't think there's anything fake about that image, but I know McAnally said, let's get on the subway and you're, you know, you're in, uh, you know, you're in your suit of armor. Let's leave it on. Like she probably would have slipped out of it or whatever. And, and it's, you know, I, I get that how that image came together. And I mean, he's, he's pretty famous too, for a photo of a trapeze artist, like hanging off a helicopter in front of the Hollywood sign. That didn't happen. I get, you know, I'm not that dumb that, you right. know, it's not a, a, a train out, stop, you know. I was out weather shooting. Oh, I yeah, was looking yeah. for a weather feature, and all of a sudden, what? 
what? Hanging from her hair anyway. in front of the Hollywood sign. So that never happens in Moline. Never. Damn it. But I, I, yeah, it really. I mean, it's just the betrayal is is real, and uh, it does. Gosh, it's like you know why am I working so hard? You know, I can take the easy way out. Okay, now you've you say you feel betrayed. Yeah, I feel betrayed. Paul feels betrayed. Joe, the person who's buying his stuff to hang on their wall or put in their calendar, or whatever. Do you think that the average person on the street gives a rat's fuck about this? They should. The I don't know if person, they do. Yeah, I'd say no, but they should. Right, because if you when you say he's done, back to his Instagram account. Are you going to tell account, me like he's a millionaire now, or unless he's? Oh, I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's worth plenty of dough. But for instance, uh, the picture I referenced earlier of the stark-looking gentleman with the the, the goggles on mm-hmm. forty-six thousand eight hundred and twelve likes. Okay. He has how many followers? 1.4 million people follow him on Instagram. It was probably 1.3 before I did today, just so that... Yeah. But I don't know. I think the sad thing is that the average person doesn't care. They just consume photography. And, And this is a podcast for another day, then I I thought about in the elevator on the way up here with one of the pace setters was how does 17 year old girl consume photography? How does your mom consume photography? My mom, your mom, your parents, your, you know, whatever. Um, well, for the sake of our moms, they don't yeah, consume yeah. photography anymore, but um, how, how were they, you know, it was, it was i'm sure that when our moms were alive that was that they were consuming it on a much more this is going to sound terrible but a very naive level oh, that yeah. what was being given to them was whatever it was and maybe a 17 year old is she doing the same thing is she just assuming everything mm-hmm. is memes and and whatever, and I mean, it, I, I just think the way people consume images now is a really interesting topic for another day, but it speaks to McCurry in the sense that 1.4 million people um, follow him um, follow him, and don't um, care yeah. that, that his images are real. That I mean, there's a lot of pictures on his Instagram that are clearly portraits. Mm-hmm. There's no uncertain terms. So there's no, I don't have a problem with the fact that they're portraits. He said, stand here. I'm going to photograph you. Look into the camera. Click. He's done. But the stuff that has a documentary, he's standing on the edges. Because I don't know if the average person knows we spend a, a lot of time standing around waiting for the quality of the light and the moment mm-hmm. to meet at that 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 perfect point in time that when we go click right. it happens and there's times where it doesn't happen i mean i've been sitting here you know while we were talking brian can't find the moment that we thought he, we were sending him to there's no picture there okay move on but he just wasted i mean he just oh, spent yeah. an hour and a half trying to find what we were looking for and he can't find it so we spent a lot of time looking for pictures trying to find pictures 
And, you know, we say may, I've always been uncomfortable with the term make pictures mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. because I understand what the, the, what people mean by making pictures in the sense that I have put myself in a position to pull the trigger on when the light and the moment come together. And I've made that picture. Right. But I think when people, the average person hears you say, I made this picture, it means somehow I manipulated the light and the moment mm-hmm. to, to come together artificially. Mm-hmm. And that's where the term making pictures, I, I, I'm, I have trouble with it, even though I know what it means. You know, when I, right. I talk to the, the young photographers about, um, and I use a couple of pictures of by you, Paul, yeah. as a perfect example of making good daily features Mm -hmm. and the one that i can remember that i use is that it's a is a silhouette you're in some kind of alley and these kids are playing and um and and you know you i remember you editing it and going through okay this kid's kind of distracting and we're going through your take or whatever and we you know we it was clear the one that was the one yeah but he clearly saw the elements and i think that that's the hardest thing for young photographers to figure out when they're looking for weather features um, or trying to make candid pictures from stuff is that you have to recognize the elements that you need to collect to make a good picture for real. Meaning Paul was saw the alley. Okay, the first element is that these kids are playing. The shadows are going to be another half hour. The shadows are going to be a little bit longer. So I'm going to stick with this before I go to my next assignment. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that you know the ball will bounce the right way. And, um, and, and that's, those are, that's making a picture. You're, you're putting yourself in a position to have all those elements to come together to form that picture. Um, but you didn't tell those kids to bounce the ball here, there and everywhere. And so anyway, and I, and I do think if, you know, if there's a positive sign to this McCurry thing, it does make the good photos so much better when yeah, you know yeah, i mean if everybody's yeah, playing by the same true. rules and you know i don't know you you name it david hume kennerly or you know and, and you think about that work um and yeah it just kind of wow you know yep. just it's it's just real jaw dropping that you know yeah they were there for it you know they they got it they nailed it yeah mm-hmm. all right boys I think we've buried we Steve. Beat this horse. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, the, yeah. the guy's the guy. He's he certainly um, does not lack talent. He does not. I, 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 you know, I've like I said, you know, we're just three dope sitting in a studio oh, yeah. with an opinion. But I think that um, he's in too deep mm-hmm. at this point. That that I think that we were comfortable commenting on on what, what's yeah. been done because it's we you we'll know we'll have him on the podcast if he if he wants to <laughs> yeah. uh if yeah. he wants to argue can you imagine we'll if throw he, that out there i'll have to check our subscribers he's it's allegedly in india yeah. i'll see if anybody's tuning, tuning in, in from, from india, india. Yeah. yeah steve mccurry podcast listener yeah hi steve we got you on the line <laughs> i can't hear you i can't comment okay i gotta go bye okay well thanks steve for calling in I didn't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. There's a, a kid in the studio. I'm a Patsy. Bang. What? What's going on? <laughs> Matt Gio. Uh, well, I can't thank you guys enough for taking time out of no your problem. busy freelance schedules <laughs> and caring for your dog and caring for your baby and yeah. all the whatnot. I'm going to go um, mow. I got to go. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks very much for listening. I'm Todd Meisner. I'm Todd Wilbert. I'm Paul Coletti. And we were talking Steve McCurry. Thanks for everybody for listening. Bye-bye. 
The Talking Pictures Podcast is a production of The Dispatch, The Rock Island Argus, and QCOnline.com. To see some of the photos and videos discussed in our podcast, be sure to go to talkingpicturespodcast.blogspot.com. Talking Pictures is produced by Todd Meisner, Paul Coletti, and Todd Walford. Thanks to Laura Anderson Shaw, Meg McLaughlin, Laura Frames, and Randy Fisk. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod at www.incomputech.com. Make sure you subscribe to Talking Pictures on iTunes or SoundCloud.